Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 45. Psalm chapter 45. The, the theme today, as you can see, we're saying, Dad, hats off to you. Everybody say, hats off. I begin to think about the history behind hats off. What does it mean to tip your cap or to take your hat off? And I did a little research and I discovered that it's got an ancient history to it. Back in the Middle Ages, back when there were knights and warriors that roamed the countryside, it was a dangerous thing to meet a stranger. If you met somebody and you didn't know them, you didn't know if they were friend or if they were foe. Do they come on friendly terms or is there, is there about to be a fight? And so the, the, uh, the warrior, the, the, the knight, would, he would, with, he, most of the time he had a weapon in one hand, and with his free hand, he would wave over his head, and that would be a gesture that would say, my intentions are not to harm, I come in peace. And so he would wave with one hand, and then the recipient of that, the, the other individual, would reciprocate by either tipping his hat or taking off his helmet. And so in taking off your helmet or tipping your hat, it says, we are coming in terms of peace. We don't come to harm or to hurt. There's no violence, but we come out of mutual respect. Well, that custom over the years was established in Europe. Men would tip their caps and say hello and greet one another. And it spread even to the New World and in North America. And so over time, the symbol of mutual respect and trust has been tipping your cap. It's, a, it's a, a gesture of honor. And so, dads, on behalf of you today, we tip our caps out of respect. I think it's important to respect the men of this church. You know, sometimes on Mother's Day, we, we just, we ooh and ah over mom. But on Dad's Day, we kind of beat him down a little bit. Dad, if you just try harder, if you just do better, I want you to know, men, that Healing Place Church, we tip our cap to you. Not that you're perfect and not that you get everything right, but we see your effort and we respect what you do day in and day out. Can I have a good amen? You know, all throughout Scripture, you can see how men wore different hats. I mean, from biblical days until now. I think about Noah. Noah was a builder, and God used Noah to build an ark to bring salvation to his family. That's the hat that he wore. David was a king, one of the, the, the greatest kings in Israel. And so his assignment was not only to lead a nation, but to prepare a son to follow in his stead. I think about Job. Job is one of the great dads of the Bible. Job went through so much pain and so much heartache. But the scripture says that Job sacrificed for his kids and prayed for them every single day. And in spite of all the tragedy that Job experienced, if you read the end of the story, the Bible says that God blessed Job with twice as much as he had before. How many of you know God will give you double for your trouble? And all the dads that are struggling today, I want to encourage you, on the other side of that struggle, there is hope, there is promise. And Job is the example of that. I even think about Joseph, the father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Joseph was a carpenter. That was his role and his assignment. But it was so much more than that. He was to raise and train a young man who would eventually bring salvation to the entire world. And yet even Joseph, remember the story where him and Mary, when they forgot about Jesus? Remember when they left Jesus in the temple? How many of you parents, that encourages you? You ever forgotten your kids? Man, you get in the car and you think, man, we're all rolling somewhere. And wait a second, we left. You know, they forgot the Son of God. How many of you know there are grace for all parents, even dads that forget children at times? You know, I woke up this morning and, and I sent my father a text. And I'm sad he couldn't be with me this weekend, but I wanted my dad to know. And I told him, I said, Dad, everything that you have invested in my life, and I'm 43 years old now, I said, today, I'll be able to encourage hundreds, maybe even thousands of dads and give them what you invested in me. You know, dads, what you plant in the hearts of your kids, your kids are a message that you'll send to a world you may never see. And and so, dads, I, I honor you. I think about my own father. One of the things we love to do, we love to play checkers. Now, we weren't smart enough to play chess, but we played checkers. And how many know around a game of checkers, things could get heated? I mean, my dad taught me to compete. And so, man, it was like, you know, it wasn't a little family-friendly competition. This was the origination of the family feud. I mean, we were going down. And so, you know, when you maneuver checkers across the board and, you know, playing against my dad, he taught me that if I could take one checker on my side and maneuver it across the board to reach his side, when I reached the other side, I would say this phrase, king me, king me. And my dad would have to take a checker and place it on top of mine. And the the one that he placed on top looked like a crown. And there was something different when that, when that checker became a king, All of a sudden now, that checker could move in ways that that, that the king could move in ways that a checker never could. I could go forward. I could go backward. I could jump things. I could maneuver. And I thought about it. You know, our responsibilities as dads is to crown our kids and to empower them to maneuver in a way they never could before. We want to set our kids up for success. The Bible gives us a mandate and a responsibility as dads to place something within our kids and crown them for their future. In fact, Psalm 45 says it this way. I love this verse. The Bible says, your sons will become kings like their fathers, and you will make them rulers over many lands. Can you say amen? Our sons and our daughters will be crowned with leadership, and they'll be be able to maneuver in ways that they never could on their own. That's the joy, and that's the responsibility of being a dad. But you know, before we can crown our kids, there are some hats that we have to wear. And and I've got a display here of of different hats, and, and these hats symbolize different things. And I won't teach out of all of them, but there are a few of them that I draw attention to. How many of you dads like to cook? Maybe dads that, and this is what I love about South Louisiana. Guys, you are great cooks. I mean, jambalaya, gumbo, come on, ribs. How many of you got some skill behind the grill? Okay, yeah, you've heard this phrase, grill master. I'm on the opposite. I'm kind of the grill disaster. How many fellas got no skill whatsoever, but you love to eat? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, today you don't have to wear this hat. Dad, you do not have to grill today. We've got some hot wings for you right after service. Come on, some of you. You know, when there are hot wings in the house, it's a move of God. So uh, we got hot wings and root beer for you right after service out in the courtyard. Dad, you don't have to wear this hat. Uh, I, I thought about this. <laughs> got a little party hat up in here. 
See if I can get this going. Cheesy. This hat means fun. Now, I'm not going to preach about fun this week because last week we talked about the importance, dads. We are thermostats, and we've got to bring some joy in our home. But when I wear this hat, I think about cake and ice cream. Oh, man. You know, I, I pray that as husbands, as, as fathers, that we, we pay attention to the climate of our homes. You know, God convicted me several years ago because, you know, and I know you men, you work hard, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But sometimes at the end of the day, when I'm coming home and I'm just exhausted and drained from all the meetings and decisions and discussions, and I pull up in my driveway, I forget, okay, I don't want to bring my family leftovers. I got to give my kids my very best. I, I want them to feel like when daddy comes home, hey, daddy's home. Let the party begin. That's, that, that, that's another hat. But then there's, there's a hat here, that, and this is an interesting hat as well. This is kind of the Sherlock Holmes hat. This is the investigative hat. Dads, how many of you know nothing gets by us? We have a way of finding things out, do we not? How many of you know nothing gets by dad, and the reason why is because mom tells us everything we need to know? Can I have a better Amen. Brother Wayne says that the Holy Ghost wears a skirt, and that's right. Because, guys, we miss it, but our wives will say, let me tell you about the kids. Let me tell you what little Johnny did today. So th- th- this, is, this is the Sherlock Holmes hat of investigation. I don't want to talk to you out of those, but there are four specific hats that I want to teach out of this morning. And we'll start with this one. This is the, the, the Viking helmet is the hat of a warrior. And I want to take just a moment to kick off this message and speak to all the men. In fact, I want to speak to the warrior inside of you. Now, some of you are like, Pastor, I, I'm having a hard time receiving because you're looking goofy in that Viking helmet. If you see me running after you in this Viking helmet, run the opposite direction and call a doctor because I need some medicine. Uh, but you know, God has created us as husbands and fathers with a certain amount of responsibility when it comes to our homes, when it comes to our wives, when it comes to our children, when it comes to our family, there's a certain amount of protection, a certain amount of strength that God places within the spirit of a man. Now, let me tell you something about strength, fellas. Strength is never about status. It's always about service. God gives you strength, and I'm not even talking about biceps now. I'm not talking about physical strength. I don't care how much you bench press, but I'm talking about when it comes to your relationship with your wife and with your children, God has placed a power inside of you, and that strength that he's given you is not for you, but it's for others. Come on, can you help me preach this morning? I I love what Nehemiah says. Nehemiah chapter 4, this is what he says when he's speaking about building the wall of Jerusalem. Verse 14, the Bible says, Then as I looked over the situation, I called together all the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Fellas, let uh, let me tell you by the Spirit of God, do not be afraid of your enemies. Don't let your enemies intimidate you. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Instead, remember the Lord, who is great and glorious. And when you remember God, you'll have everything you need to fight for your brothers, to fight for your sons, to fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your home. Can you help me preach today? See, my dad used to tell me, son, listen, don't go starting fights. 
But if you find yourself in a fight, you can defend yourself. I mean, no, daddy didn't want me to throw the first punch, but if somebody started swinging, okay, it's gloves off. Here we go. Because men, we have a responsibility to protect the soul and the spirit of our children. I'm telling you, we live in a culture that is fighting for the hearts of your children. You're bombarded and assaulted with all kinds of messages on social media, things coming out of Hollywood. I mean, there are ideas that are assaulting the home, and God has called us to be warriors for our family. Listen, don't be weak. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. And I wonder, are there some men today say, you know what? I'm going to make a decision through the help of God. I'm going to be powerful in my family. You know, you say, Mike, how do you, what do you mean fight for your family? What does that look like? You know, uh, for me, I, I think it's in very simple terms. But when you're committed to God, and you sense a responsibility to protect your family, you're going to treat your wife with love and honor and respect. I think one of the best things that we can do for our children is to love their mama and adore her. You know, guys, how many of you, you still open the door for your wife? Okay, somebody's getting an elbow in the ribs right about now. When you open the door for your wife, what is that saying? You're not just providing physical access for her entrance into the automobile. How many of you know it's so much more than that? When you open the door for your wife, you're setting honor on her and you're saying something to your children. You're sending a message to everybody in the Walmart parking lot and they're saying, amen. You know, I want my kids to know how much I love their mama. I am crazy about their mama. You know, so sometimes Rachel will be washing dishes or she'll be behind the, the, the stove and I'll just come up behind her and I'll hug on her and I'll just put my head on her shoulder and I'll sing into her ear, stuck on you. <laughs> I'm just Velcro too and I'm on my way and the kids are like, oh, dad, that's gross. That's disgusting. Get a room. I'm thinking, man, listen. Every room in this house belongs to me. This is the love shack. Come on, somebody. You don't like this? Go play outside. Crazy about their mama. I love that girl. And I want my daughters to say, you know what? I want to marry a man who will come up behind me, wrap his arms around me, and sing stuff. That's how we fight for our families. It's something simple. Listen, there's a spirit of divorce and division that is rampant in this culture. And we've got to fight. We've got to be proactive in demonstrating our love to our wives, our respect for our kids. This is so, so, so important. So, Mike, how do we fight for our family? Well, it's honoring our wives. It's it's being engaged with our kids. You know, we got to be dialed into what's happening in the life of our children. I want to know about their day. I want to be at their games. I can't be at everything, and I know that there's only 24 hours in a day, and I'm only one person. I've only got so much energy, but I want my kids to know, Dad cares about you. How else do we fight for our homes and our families? I think there are personal disciplines that we embrace as men. You know, we pursue pursue purity and holiness and integrity. Uh, I I want my children to see the priority of the word of God in my house. So I'm reading the scriptures. I read it. I'm reading in the morning. I'm studying in the afternoon. Our 
conversations around the dinner table. They're conversations about God and faith. Well, Mike, you're a pastor, and so that's why you, you talk about church. No, no, I love Jesus, and I want the kingdom conversation to be normal in my house. Are you with me this morning? This Viking helmet says something to our wives and to our children. It says, I'll fight for you. I'm going to tell you, some of you, you're, you're going to have to fight for your marriage in order to stay married. Some of you are going to have to fight for your kids in order to see them crowned with the goodness of God and walking in the fullness of their calling. I love the scripture in Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. God is speaking to his people, and he says this, The Lord your God is a warrior. Yes, Yahweh is his name. The Lord your God is a warrior. God, now notice in the same verse, God is identifying himself as a warrior, and then he uses this word Yahweh. It shows the relational covenant position that God has with his people. I'm a parent and I'm a warrior. How many of you know sometimes you fight for the things that you love? And when, it, when push comes to shove, let our commitment and our colors be clear. This Viking helmet says, Dad, we are warriors. The second thing I want you to see is this, number two, the second helmet, and I think this is an important one. On Father's Day, dads, how many of you understand that we got to put out some fires? How many know that we solve problems? That's part of leadership. Life isn't perfect. Family's not perfect. Please don't get the idea that I stand up here on this stage and my life is problem-free. I've got the same challenges and issues that you walk through. But you know what? God has placed his spirit inside of us, and he gives us a thing called wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. You know, when a firefighter reaches the scene, he's got to assess the situation, and you know what he's got to do? He's got to do what he's trained to do. Uh, Firefighters, they assume risks. You know, they put themselves in harm's way. Watch this. Firefighters got to take the heat. We got to take the heat. You know, I remember years ago, there was a cold December night, and we had a fireplace where we were able to burn fire, like, like real firewood. And so I was cleaning out the, the fireplace, and, and I put the ashes in a bucket, and I walked into the backyard, and I kind of dumped the ashes in the backyard. I came in the house, and we were doing whatever we were doing as a family. And I noticed like five minutes later, there was this glowing light coming in from the window. And I was like, man, is there a police officer, this shining light is like infrared, it's bright. And I look out the back window and there was a wall of fire about 10 feet tall. Oh yes, I had set the woods on fire. Didn't know. I had embers that I thought were, were, were already gone, that, that, but that wind began to blow and it ignited a wall of flames. Fellas, how many know that we got to put out fires, even the ones that we start? Sometimes we start fires. We don't intend to. But we're not perfect as dads. And when we start a fire, we got to own up to it. How many know it's important that our kids hear us say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. That's my fault. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. How many of you want your kids to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's my fault. Do you know, fellas, if they don't hear us take ownership and responsibility of our mistakes, then we can't expect them to do the same. We can't expect them to do that either. So sometimes we create fires, but God says, I want you to put out some fires. You're going to have to solve some problems. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you patience. I'll give you discernment. Now, sometimes we feel ill-equipped as dads. I don't know if there's the perfect dad manual, but I tell you this, when we read the scriptures, we see we have the perfect father. 
He is perfect in every way. We sang about it this morning, that his promises, they never fail. God, you've never let me down. You've never disappointed me. Lord, I haven't understood everything about what you do, but God, I trust you because you're a good God. And so your earthly father is, is, I want you to consider this. Sometimes we view God through the, the perspective of our earthly dad. And as earthly dads, we are filled with mistakes. But I'm telling you this, God is not the reflection of your earthly father. He's the perfection of your earthly father. God is everything you ever wanted your dad to be and so much more. That's who God is. And he says, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you discernment. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to help you navigate through problems and challenges. Sometimes it takes a soft answer to turn away wrath. Sometimes it takes a spirit of humility to disarm conflict. Sometimes we have to discipline and we have to say no, but God will give us what we need to put out fires. I'm reminded of a story I read recently about a young man and he was walking down the street and he sees this older gentleman who's wrestling with this washing machine in the middle of his doorway. And so the young man ran over to help, and so he starts helping. And so they're, they're pushing and pulling and turning and twisting. And after two minutes, I mean, they were just completely frustrated, and the young man stopped, and he's like, I had no idea it would be this difficult to get this washing machine in the house. And the older guy said, what? Get it in the house? I'm trying to take it out of the house. Now, how many of you know they were both exercising a lot of effort, but they weren't on the same page? You know, fellas, sometimes I feel like, you know, when it comes to problems, if we're not working with God, if we're not cooperating with him, then we're working against him. How many of you know that it always works better when you get on God's side? Let me me say it this way. If we want God to operate, then we have to cooperate. Come on, do do you receive that this morning? A firefighter has the ability to walk into a situation and discern what needs to be done. You say, but Mike, I can barely solve my own problems. How in the world can I help somebody else solve their problem? I love what 1 Peter 5 says. 1 Peter 5, 7, the scripture says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Uh, Lord, I thank you that when I don't know what to do, I know I can turn to you. And as I surrender and trust my life to your care, you're going to supply the grace that I need to navigate my relationships at home. Are you with me? Not only do we have this this Viking warrior helmet, sometimes we've got to wear this this firefighters, you know, solving problems, making tough decisions, discerning what God is doing. But this is a hat. Whoa, we're losing our warrior here. This is a helmet that I wanted to take a moment and I wanted to speak about because I know the men of this church, all you dads, you're working hard. You are hard worker. This helmet, this hard hat, it's the symbol of provision. Some of you men are working incredibly long hours and you're sacrificing for your family. Some of you wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Some of you work in 12-hour shifts. Some of you are going to a job that you don't really like, but out of your commitment to God, 
and your commitment to your family. You're sacrificing day in and day out to put food on the table, to keep the lights on, to keep Cheerios in the pantry. Come on, somebody. To keep that cold AC blowing. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Are you with me? Fellas, I honor you for the hard work that you, my dad provided for us. He provided, now it wasn't a perfect day. I feel like Bob the Builders I'm speaking right now. And there was, I didn't always understand everything. And I'd say, you know, dad, listen, I, all my friends are getting an allowance. I think I need an allowance too. He's like, oh, do you? I'm like, yes, sir. You know, I tell them all my friends, hey, they get a dollar a day or $5 a week and they do this, that, and the other. And I need a little bit of that too. And he's like, okay, well, here's your allowance. Son, do you, you, you like that, uh, that, that bed that you sleep in? It's like, yes, sir. He's like, well, I'm going to allow you. Because I paid for that bed. That's really my bed. But I'm going to allow you to sleep in that bed. Come on, you with me? But, but boy, you, how about them Doritos? You get hungry, you go to the pantry. Those Doritos just don't grow on a shelf. My money paid for those. Do you like those Doritos? I'm going to allow you to eat my Doritos. Oh, boy, hey, take a deep breath. You like that cold AC? That air belongs to me, too. I'm going to allow you to eat my Doritos, sleep in my bed, and breathe my air. There's your allowance. (laughs) Fellas, do not spoil your kids to the point where they cannot do for themselves. And I know we want to give our kids everything. But if we just try to buy their love, well, I want to give them everything I didn't have. Well, listen. Your daddy taught you the value of hard work. The two things that my dad gave me, and he gave me many, but two things I think of right off the top of my head. My dad left me a good name, and he taught me a work ethic. And I pray that as dads, that we give our kids responsibilities, and we teach them work. Sweat equity, it's not a bad thing. You know, putting forth some effort, struggling through some things, teaching them that it's okay to work hard, you know, because nothing's going to be handed to you. And you know what we do? And so speaking of provision, here's, I read the scripture again this week, and I thought this was great to include. In Psalm 104, the Bible says this, verse 27, Lord, they all depend on you to give them food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them, and they are richly satisfied. Do you know that God is the very source of everything that we have? And it was through God's generosity, and he passes it through the hand of a dad so that he can serve and supply the needs of his family. God opened his hand for us. Fellas, you know what we do? I pray that our kids see us living open-handed. I pray that they see generosity from us. We're trusting God as our source, so you know what? When we come to the house of God, we honor him with the tithe. Man, we we listen to the Holy Spirit when it comes to offerings. Lord, I'm putting you first. That 10%, I'm marking my finances with the, the, the blessing of heaven when I give my tithe to your house. And our kids see that, and they know, God, you have opened up your hand, and you have passed it through the hand of my Father, and it has blessed our home. This is an area where some of us as men, we, we worry sometimes. How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to make it all work? 
You know, man, I, I, do, do, I, do I leave this job and, and, and try for another? Or, man, I really need a promotion. I need a pay raise. I need something to give. I'm just not able to stretch everything. You know, I, I, I heard recently that uh, Muhammad Ali was on an airplane. And when he, he was sitting in first class, and flight attendant didn't know who he was. And so, but he's, I mean, he's legendary. The greatest boxer who ever lived. I mean, the greatest in, in history. Fight like a butterfly, sting like a, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know, he's sitting right there in first class. And so she's telling everybody, giving them the instructions. It's time to buckle up and do this. And so Ali leaned over to her and he says, hey, I'm Superman. Superman don't need no seatbelt. She looked at him and said, Superman don't need no airplane either. You better buckle up. Fellas, hear me. You don't have to be Superman, but you better be buckled up to Jesus. If you'll stay buckled up to him, he will supply everything that you need from his hand through yours to your family. We honor dads who work hard. They're generous. They provide for us. And then finally, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Finally, and this could be one of the most important of all hats, is this hat right here. Dads. You coach us through life. You're a coach. What does a coach do? A coach will draw out the best in his team. A coach is going to get down there with you and give you some strategy. A coach is not just going to tell you what to do. He's going to show you how to do it. Are you with me? And I played sports my entire life, and some of the most influential men in my life have been coaches. But as dads, we're coaching our kids, encouraging them. Now, you know, the coach is different than the referee. Okay, let let, let me just explain this to you. A referee is committed to the rules. A referee is going to call the fouls. He's going to blow the whistle on you. Sometimes we we look at God as a referee. I want to tell you this. God's a coach. Now, the coach understands the rules. The coach is going to make sure you play within the rules. But he's not more committed to the rules than he is to you. Sometimes as dads, if we're not careful, we're blowing the whistle at all the things that our kids do wrong. And the only time they hear from us is is when we mess up. Oh, dads, please put on the hat of a coach and let your kids hear you say, son, I believe in you. Daughter, I know you can do this. Wow, you're amazing. You are fantastic. We have to speak to the kingdom potential inside of our children. Can I say that again? We have to. How are you going to draw out their best? Blowing a whistle and calling a foul. I know there are times of discipline, and I'm not saying that you don't discipline your kids. But if the only time they hear from us is when we're wearing stripes and we got a whistle around our neck, then we're, we're missing a much larger dialogue that our kids need to hear. You know, I I, I can remember, and I I grew up in a home that was very affirming. I mean, encouragement was like oxygen to my soul, for real. There's not a single day that that, that went by that I didn't hear my dad say, son, I love you. Or he he said, son, I believe in you. I remember going to bed at night because I wanted to play, play college basketball so bad. And I remember at junior high and high school, I'd go to bed at night, my dad would come in my room and, and I'd ask him this, I'd say, dad, do you think I have what it takes to play ball at the next level. And it was very important to me. Some of you, your kids, they're asking, do I have what it takes? What's inside of me? Do, is it enough? Uh, whatever enough is. And your evaluation, dad, 
Is, is, what in, is what the things inside of me, is it enough to be successful? And your kids, and my dad would say this, he'd say, son, I believe you can do whatever you put your mind to. Now, what was my dad doing? Was he giving me false hope? No, he was saying to me what the heavenly father had already said to me. He says this, he says, you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. You see, God says that over you. We need to say that over our children. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, I will condemn. Bible says, if God is for us, then it doesn't matter who comes against you. Your kids need to know that you are for them. Put on the hat of a coach and let them hear the most important words that they'll ever hear. Son, daughter, I believe in you. The power of spoken belief will lift your kids to a level of performance that will blow your mind. I, I, I believe that. But you know, whether it's fighting for our families, whether it's solving problems and making decisions, whether it's providing, working hard, all of the labor and sweat equity, or, or whether it's this coach encouraging our children, encouraging our homes, I think the most important headgear of all is this right here. Jesus wore this so we wouldn't have to. And because Jesus wore this on his head, it gives us the power to walk in the fullness of all of this. You see, there's no way I can fight for my family without Jesus having shed his blood on the Calvary. There's no way that I can solve problems in my own natural strength and wisdom unless his blood and sacrificial love was expressed on Calvary 2,000 years ago. There's no way that I can provide, I can work as hard as I can in my own strength unless God gives me the grace. Come on, somebody. I, I can't speak enough life or encouragement to my kids unless God's grace first rested on me. Let me tell you one thing about spiritual authority. Spiritual authority knows how to bleed for others. Why did Jesus walk in such authority? Because he shed his blood. He took responsibility for sins that were not his. He didn't commit them. He didn't do them. But this crown was placed upon his head 2,000 years ago. But God exchanged this, this crown of thorns for a heavenly crown, King me. Now guess what? We serve the King of Kings. We serve the Lord of Lords. And it's because of that sacrifice, there is spiritual authority that can rest on every husband, every father, every man in this room. My challenge to you today is that you would walk in the authority of the sacrificial love of Jesus. And whatever hat, whatever role, whatever assignment you walk in, you'll have everything you need. Amen. You receive that today. Come on, let's put our hands together if you receive that. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.